Welcome to Moments with Deru podcast, season five, and I'm your host, Modoni. This is a space to inspire, encourage, and uplift you. You can join our community by visiting www.momentswithndero.com. Throughout this season, there will be a combination of solo and interview episodes where different thoughts will be shared, and I hope you'll grab a hold of one or two words and apply them into your lives. With that said, let's dive in. Today's guest is an exemplary communications expert with key strengths in strategic communications and policy engagement. She has 14 years experience in broadcast journalism and corporate communications. As an avid storyteller, she is also the founder of the Overcome Today podcast, a platform that seeks to encourage, inspire, and empower through real-life stories. She is married with two children. Welcome onto the show, Carol. Thank you, Madoni. Thanks for having me. So before we talk more about the word that you selected for today's conversation, what are you learning about yourself post-pandemic? Hmm. What I'm learning, I'm learning that I need to trust God. (laughs) I think basically that um, I think the pandemic taught us that we're not in control of our own lives. We are not in control of anything that happens around the world. And so we as as a born again Christian, we literally just have to place our hand. I mean, our lives Um, in the hands of Jesus and trust that he is in control, that he knows um, nothing catches him by surprise. So I am learning that I have really been in control of my life personally. And God is teaching me to just let go and let him lead the way Um, for very long. I I think pre-pandemic or even for a very long time, I thought that I had it all together. I thought I had it figured out. But I am slowly learning that even when I don't see the way, even when I don't see the finish line, um, that his will for me is good. It's perfect. Um, The plans he has for me are to give me a future and a hope. And so I should lean to that and just trust that he is in control. Right. Just trust. But yet at the same time, it's like, no, mm-hmm. I can't. I just can't let go of my plans. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and the pandemic yeah, threw us it's, it's, it's one of those that, <laughs> hey, the pandemic threw a good shocker on us. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was a good time for just sitting, like, I think, especially the time when we're all in lockdown and you literally had nowhere to go. Um that's the time I think I really got to spend so much time with God and realize that, hey, Carol, you're not in control. <laughs> you really are not. Yes, but as you said, he, he has our lives in his hands and our future is secure mm. in his hands. So mm. just to build upon where you've just mentioned, you learned that you, or rather you're learning that you need to trust him. So how did you get onto this journey of becoming an expert in communications? 
I like to call myself an expert now because I think I've really grown into it. It's taken 14 years, but um, I started off my career in journalism, um, in broadcast journalism. So I worked for both local and international media houses. I did a lot of reporting. At some point, I was a news anchor. Um, but I think that's where my love for storytelling really began because I enjoyed hearing people's stories and being able to share them with the rest of the world. And so initially, I'd given myself five years to become, I mean, to leave the media. Um, but I didn't necessarily know where I was going to. I just thought I'll just give myself five years and move on to the next thing. And it turned into eight years. And at eight years, I was like, I don't really think I can do this any longer. Um, and in terms of, I just didn't feel it was, I was growing. I felt like I was stagnant. I felt like I was stuck. And so I started to look for a job in the communications field because I had a few friends who had sort of made that shift and sort of did my research and also prayed about it. Um, and then this opportunity came along and I was hired um, into a research organization. And so that was more of like frying pan into the fire because that one, that job really tested <laughs> my knowledge and skills um, in what I thought communications was. However, it also was such a great learning experience into this so-called new world for me at the time of communications, of not just seeing it as, um, you know, getting media relations and social media posts. It was much more than that. Um, and so I grew in that and it had a lot of also policy engagement. So they did a lot of research that they were hoping would influence policy. And then um, after three years there, I also felt I was not growing. And so I was on the search for something that would really stretch me. And so I think over the time, um, I can now confidently call myself an expert because um, of course it's taken 14 years in the making. Of course, I'm not saying that I know it all. I'm still learning even as, even right now. But um, I think I just had to own that and say, you know what, Carol, you're really good at what you do. So give yourself a pat on the back and be proud about that. Yes, you better pat yourself on the back and mm. say, I have grown this far <laughs> and God has brought me this far. Let me rephrase, what are your thoughts on, you know, mm -hmm. how God uses our skills and our talents for his glory? You know, media is such a powerful mm. tool Yet sometimes we can get caught up in mm. the way culture has set it up. So how do you see yourself playing in this space mm. as a believer and using your skills and talents mm. to amplify God? Mm. Well, I wouldn't say it was easy at first. Um, I think initially, sometimes as Christians, we, we get caught up in just, you know, sort of dividing our lives or, you know, segmenting it into this is my Christian life and this is now career or the marketplace in whatever field you're in. So initially it wasn't easy. And even into the first time I got into the media, really tested my faith big time. And so at some point I even rebelled and just walked away from God and did my own thing. Um, but I'm so glad he still caught me even in all that. 
and I came back. But I think right now, it's only until 2019 is when I felt that I really could use my gifts and my skills for his glory. And not just um, in service in church, because that I was also serving in church and still do, but in, you know, in how can I do it also in the marketplace? So one thing for me was, um, of course, the ethics I uphold currently in my workplace and how I treat people, um, of course, is really founded on my values and my um, and the and the things that God has called us to, you know, to be loving, to be gentle, to be kind and patient, all those things, just fruits of the, the fruit of the spirit. But at the same time, I think another way that I'm using my gifts is when I started my podcast. Um, it is a Christian podcast. And for me, I felt it would be such a great tool um, to use as ministry. And I still uh, say it is my ministry tool. Um, and so I don't make money from it currently. Um, but I enjoy just being able to help people share their stories. And even when I was re, because it started off initially on a different name in 2019. And in 2020, clearly pandemic was a time when we were stuck with God <laughs> um, in those closed spaces. And so he, I mean, I really felt heavy in my spirit that I needed to change the name. I needed to change the direction of the podcast. And so when he gave me that name and the first instruction he gave me was, I need you to share your story. And I was like, God, you've got jokes. That's not how this thing works. Um, my whole point is to hear people's stories, not mine. Um, and he said, you know, no, you have to. And I obeyed because clearly, as I said, you don't know the way forward. <laughs> so you just obey. Um, but immediately I shared my story. I just felt something lift. And I knew that is, you know, that's what um, needed to happen for me to encourage others to also share their stories or their testimonies or whatever you want to call it. And so even the shame and the guilt that I'd carried for so long with my story, um, you know, was lifted. And so now at least it makes sense for me to be able to tell people, hey, you may have such a powerful story, come on the podcast it would have been very difficult for me to do that if I'd not shared my story mm. because, you know, they'd be like, really, we don't even know you. We don't, even, <laughs> we don't know you like that. Uh, but now, like, I was like, you know what? I've laid myself bare. You too can too. And the point is for someone else um, to get their victory or somebody else to understand um, that God indeed loves them, that God can meet them where they are. Um, for me, it's just basically to point people to the cross uh, because that is indeed the gospel. So, yeah, that's how I use my gifts as a ministry tool. I love how you've said that he loves all of us and he'll meet us where we are. So mm -hmm. someone is listening to this conversation and they're like, these ladies are talking about God, they're talking about Jesus, they're talking about the gospel. I ran away mm -hmm. from it or I don't understand it. How would you just um, mm -hmm. help them understand this whole conversation of Jesus, the cross and the gospel? Um, I think for me is just, I think that's why for me, I feel stories have so much power. Sometimes I know it may feel very far-fetched. Um, as you said, somebody's listening and thinking, I don't even know what you guys are saying. Or if perhaps 
they all have learned is during CRE in school or you know at religious education events or maybe just they attend church religiously or once in a while and they hear it um, but he indeed literally loves us and if you hear other people's stories of salvation or how they came to meet with him it's easier for you to really be able um, to understand and see uh, this God so I always say if he did it for so and so he can do it for you um, I really like the story of the Philippian jailer in Acts when Paul and Silas were in prison and you know they were busy praising God and just singing and this jailer like or this prison officer if you want to call him He's looking at them and thinking, okay, these people, are they nuts? <laughs> like you're in shackles. And here you are just singing and being happy. He was, you know, those are the things that perhaps intrigue you. But it was just for such a time as that, as that, that he was able to really see these guys have something different about them. And, you know, this in verse 30, um, Acts 16, 30, he asked, um, what must I do to be saved? Because... Clearly, he was like, you guys have some different type of thing going around. Um, and, you know, they just told him, uh, one second, I'm just trying to pull that up where I saw that. Yeah, in verse 31, now they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. So I think it's just, I think where the devil really catches us is the doubt part. Mm -hmm. So you find sometimes God has come and he's met you where you are. But you're really doubting, you know, just like, ah, this cannot be. Um, it could be as simple as you were crossing the road and you are, you know, you missed being hit by a car or a boda boda um, by a whisker. And that's really his protection around you. But you're like, nah, oh, that was just coincidence. That was just flukes. Um, but he just needs you to believe. Um, and even he, Jesus, in the words of Jesus, when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. So sometimes it's just he wants to, even if you, you're trying to pick your curiosity and asking people around, who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? Or if you open your Bible, or if you open this YouTube video and you watch, he will indeed meet you where you are. All you just need is to believe. Of course, repent, come in to, you know, be convicted of your sin. But I always say, God is a gentleman. He won't force you his way <laughs> into your heart. He will literally just wait for you to allow him in. So I think the belief part is where it starts. Um, once you understand or come to just see it or interact with him, and then you come and believe, I think the Holy Spirit starts to work in you and you get convicted and you, of course, um, believe with your heart and profess with your mouth and you will be saved yes believe in your heart and profess with your mouth you know you mm. shared the word salvation and I guess you've already touched upon it so how is God challenging mm. you to work out your salvation um, you know with fear mm. and trembling you know all of us are, are rather all mm. of us will have to reach a point in our lives or in our faith journey where we'll have to work it out uh, and die to self every single day. Yeah, I agree. Um, hey, let me tell you. I think, especially if you've been 
born again for a while, you may think that, you know, so salvation was a one-time affair. So, yeah, I got saved when I was like six years old or when I was 12 or 14 or 20 or 30. And you think that's it. That was it. And so I'm walking this journey, but, you know, you're not really working out your salvation. And I think um, where that has come, where I think God has been challenging me on that on is because we've, I've seen, we starting to conform to the patterns of the world, literally like the way Romans 12 says it, we are starting to conform and we're really forgetting the joy of salvation. We're really forgetting the time when, you know, we said, yay, I'm born again. And you're excited and you're opening your Bible with sight and being a community of believers and praying and, you know, that energy or that vibe that you had when you were once born again. And so he's been reminding me of Philippians 2.12 and I really love how the New Living Translation puts it. And it's the same one when you said working out your salvation with fear and trembling um, but the new living translation says work hard to show the results of your salvation obeying god with deep reverence and fear and so it's a continuous process it's not i got born again today and that's it um, you literally need to put in the work the same way if perhaps you want to lose weight or gain weight for any reason um, and you know you get into onto this diet or you'll start to cut off carbs or you'll start to exercise and you're like you know i really need to lose this kgs by this time and you'll put in all the work that you need to do um, to lose that weight if you're of course uh, really intent on it and i think for us i think sometimes we don't put the work in our spiritual lives we don't really want to work out our salvation we just want to be chill and you know not really put in the work or invest in it um and that's why sometimes when you know trials come along the way and you're like hey please jesus i can put you aside for a minute let mm. me do this thing my own way um and so your faith is not even being built because you're not putting in the work to really revere God and fear him. And, you know, fear is not the one for, oh, my God, he's such a scary God. Fear of God is, you know, you're literally in awe and you delight in him and you're obedient, of course. And, of course, you hold him with the holiness that he deserves. So um, I think it's just that challenge of, to not conform to the patterns of this world, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that comes with, of course, investing heavily in your spiritual life, um, same as you would do for your career, your business, your health. Yeah, all those aspects. I agree with you. He's not only God for Sundays. You know, people just meet him mm. on Sundays and read the Bible on Sundays. He's God for Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you need to put in the effort. Mm. As you mentioned earlier, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to put mm. in the effort in the relationship, but he desires for us to mm. fellowship with him every single day. And even if we make mistakes, mm. it's okay. He loves us, repent, and 
try your best not to go back to your old ways, as you've mentioned, by renewing your mind mm -hmm. and not conforming. So if your younger self was sitting mm -hmm. across you right now, what would you tell her? Wow. Huh. What would I tell her? I think I would just tell her, it's okay. It's okay to trust God. It's okay to um, believe in him. It's okay to live unashamedly for him. Um, I think when I was younger, and I'll say in my early 20s, I think I just literally was ashamed of Christ. I think I didn't want people to know that I'm born again. You know those ones who mm. you're hiding, who go like only my church folk or my <laughs> church family or my close friends would know. But it's like, you know, you're walking around like, oh my God, if people know I'm born again, this is so embarrassing. I would tell her, don't, you know, be proud um, of the fact that you are, are a disciple of Christ. Um, live boldly for him. Because, you know, I, I can't remember where it is, uh, which book exactly, but when Jesus said, you know, if you'll be ashamed of you and I will be ashamed of you. I think if there's one thing that really drives me is that when I get to heaven to be told, well done, good and faithful servant, because I simply obeyed and, was a, and lived according to his will. Um, so to my younger self, you know, live boldly for him. Do not be ashamed. Trust him. Um, just obey. Everything else will work out. Um, the same thing I mentioned earlier when I was saying Philippians 2.12, yeah, of working out your salvation. I really like verse 13, the following verse, because he says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases in him, what pleases him, sorry. And so, if you just allow God to work in you, he will give you that desire for him. He will give you the power and the strength and the grace to be able to do what pleases him, to live according to his will and his word. So don't try and do it all on your own. <laughs> allow him um, to work in you and he will give you his desires. You'll find yourself just slowly changing your desires into his um, and you'll be doing what he pleases him. Yeah. Mm. he never leaves us the same he takes us from glory yeah, to glory he doesn't and you know sometimes mm. we think um we we're doing it in our own effort or in our own strength but as you've said he gives mm. us the power and the strength to you know receive his desires and to make them our own mm. desires because sometimes you know we can separate his desires from our own but as time goes by our mm. desires become his desires and it's a beautiful thing mm -hmm. so what are you learning yeah. from your children at this point in your life <laughs> oh my god uh i think i'm learning that childlike faith is so important mm -hmm. <laughs> um and, and if you interact with kids they have this innocence about them um like they have such faith that you know what, I'm going to get my next meal. I'm going to be, I know some people say like they're kids, they don't know adulting, but there's a reason why um, there's, there's just something that kids can teach you about their faith. My so just the other day, my son was having an oncoming sore throat, um, sort of, he was feeling a bit sick. So I thought it was either a sore throat or a cold. And um, 
I give him, you know, the ginger, honey, lemon concoction, just to sort of suppress it and hope that it doesn't go into full-blown cold. And so the next day he woke up and he told me, mommy, Jesus healed me. And at that point, he was not like in full good health in per se. He was still a bit, he still had some sniffles and everything, but he really believed that he'd been healed. And so that's, that's the faith that my kids are teaching me. Like they have this literally innocent, all out belief that, you know, God has sorted me out. Um, I encourage them to pray over everything and anything, any small thing, any big thing. And, you know, sometimes when my daughter tells me, oh, I pray that, um, you know, even the smallest thing, like would, you buy me crisps, I don't know, <laughs> just the random things. But the fact that she, they believed in God or they prayed and believed and he provided as much as it sounds silly to them or to us, sorry, as adults, um, for me, they're teaching me that it's important to just literally pray and believe that God will do it um, in his will, of course. If it's not according to his will, clearly um, still accept that as well. But um, just that faith, that childlike faith that, you know what, um, I know he can do it, so he will. Love it. Childlike faith. So we're entering a round mm -hmm. of random questions. So I'll ask you some questions. <laughs> Try not to overthink it. Just share what comes to mind. <laughs> Righty. So the first one is, what's your favorite movie? Oh, that's tricky. Um, I'll just say the one which has just come to my mind. The, the Avengers series. Mm -hmm. Marvel comics so I think for now that's my <laughs> that's my favorite but I'm sure I have another one but that's my favorite one the Avengers series if you could interview a famous person who would you choose I'd really love to interview Oprah interview the interviewer <laughs> nice and yeah. if you had 10 million dollars what would you do with that 20 million dollars Wow, $10 million is a lot. A lot. My first thing would, yeah. Um, I think because God has also been changing my perspective on money, my first thing would, of course, tithe um, a portion of it. Mm -hmm. um, I would also uh, literally either put it in a fund or just pay my kids' fees. <laughs> Um, throughout, if something that can run them till university, um, or you put in an investment fund for their education, I would. Um, there's some ministries that I really, I always pray and tell God if you were to, you know, um, bless my coffers, I would give to them. So I'd put some aside for that. A house, <laughs> I'd really love to buy a home. Um, and then I think invest the rest. That's just at the top of my mind. But those are just some of the things I've been thinking of. So, yeah. May God bless you nonetheless. And how do you want to be remembered? Mm -hmm. I want to be remembered as a lady who loved God mm. and shared that love with everyone else she met. I think because I attended a funeral or rather I followed a funeral of my mom's friend 
that's a long <laughs> that was hard uh, but yeah I mean my mom's friend passed on and I just decided to follow the funeral proceedings and hearing everybody speak about her and her love for God um, how she spent time praying for people how she was present I was like oh my god you know it's such a simple it may sound very simple to people but she really changed lives just through how she lived for God. So that's, that's how I'd want to be remembered. Awesome. And as we wind down this conversation, is there anything else that you'd want to share with the listeners? Um, I, th- I think I mentioned everything, but I think just to let them know that just the way in John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine and you're the branches, abide in me and I will abiding you because without me you are nothing i have paraphrased that so if somebody is checking the bible right now <laughs> uh, don't quote me um but in john 15 you know the fact that without him we are nothing mm-hmm. and i think i've experienced it in my life that the times especially when i walked away or i rebelled i was very i was feeling very empty and as much as i look for stuff around to fill that emptiness to fill that hole I didn't get anything. And so just to encourage people, um, born again or not, um, without God, you are nothing. And so maybe you're in search for answers the world will not give you. Um, I pray that you find it in your heart to accept him and let him, just give him a chance. Uh, the way everybody else will tell you, oh, give this person a chance, give Jesus a chance and your life will never be the same again. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. And I want to appreciate you, Carol, for coming onto the show. Thank you, Mavani. I truly appreciate as well. So dear listeners, if you've picked up one or two words from this conversation, I hope you will apply them into your lives. Jesus loves you as you are, and you can come to him as you are. But just know this, he will never leave you the same. So until the next episode, Continue being brave.